Welcome to the first episode of Parental Guidance, a podcast brought to you from the team here at Mahogany. And it's all about bringing musicians together with their parents in conversation because it's easy to overlook just how important and pivotal parents are in a lot of artists' careers. And it's with great pleasure that we have Jack Savaretti joining us for the first episode. Jack is arguably one of the hardest working artists in the UK. He's on his sixth album currently. His previous two records went to gold and his current album was number one in the album charts and he subsequently played Wembley Arena, which is, yeah, which is amazing. And we joined Jack and his mother Ingrid at his lovely Oxfordshire cottage and it was fascinating. There was laughter, lots of laughter and there was tears. I think they both learnt a lot about each other. And so without further ado, here is Jack Savaretti and his mother Ingrid for the Parental Guidance Podcast. So here we are. Uh, it's me, Jack Savaretti, by the way. <laughs> and I'd like to introduce everybody to my mother who is here with me today. Ingrid Savaretti, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you, darling. You're nervous, you're more nervous. Very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start. It's good to start this thing with everybody understanding, first of all, not just who you are, but who you actually are, not just as my mother, but who you are, well, where you come cool from. That's pretty cool being your mother. That's pr- it's all right. It's getting cooler. It's definitely <laughs> it's getting, getting cooler. Definitely cooler. <laughs> it's getting cooler. I'm allowed to say, I'm Jack Severetti's mother. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of with it that With people way. saying, who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that guy. Facebook friends are all happy about <laughs> no, it. No. So you were born in London, right? Well, no, actually. I was I was born you in Harpenden. <laughs> I was born Who in Harpenden oh, outside London because um, my father moved us all out to a little cottage because of the bombs dropping in London. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Really? I generally I didn't know that. I mean okay. I always kind of assumed that you were born just after the war. I was. But, but we'd been. They'd, my parents had been in that cottage for quite a while. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, Bramley Cottage. God, I can remember that. I don't remember the cottage at all because we moved to Courtney Avenue when I was one. Yes, that's what I've always. Yeah, that's how I've always kind of seen yeah. your upbringing. Yeah, but your parents were not from London. No, my parents um, left Germany because of a certain gentleman called Hitler. That old dog. <laughs> and my father was Jewish. So it wasn't a great place for him to be. And they went to Paris originally, and that didn't work out. I could have been French, but then they came to London. I could have been French. I never looked at it that way either. <laughs> I could have been French. Actually, probably well, not, because no. you never would have met <laughs> exactly. my dad. Yeah. Um, Interesting, though, isn't it? So how old were they when they moved to oh, London? darling, I don't know. Young. Very Super young. Super young. Because Edgar would have had to, well, Edgar is is... Your father, mm-hmm. just to explain, Edgar's your father, who was Jewish, mm-hmm. and your mother, Charlotte, was not Jewish. Was not Jewish. And they, but it was Charlotte's father, it was Granny's father that got them out. No, it was my father's father who got them out. And my mother, not being Jewish, you know, people used to go around in Germany saying, oh, no, they used to see great signposts up saying, Gentile girls don't go out with Jewish boys. And they laughed. They thought it was a joke. And then they realized it wasn't such a joke anymore. And my father's father, my grandfather, who I never met, he died, um, got them out quickly. Wow. With daddy's mummy. And so when she they came in, were they set up when they came to England? Or were they actually sort of, did they struggle? Were they? He got set up with quite a good job, didn't he? They were very comfortable. Yeah. 
Not brilliant. But didn't he work with the English army as well as a translator? Yes, yes, he? he was a translator because, <laughs> strangely enough, he spoke German. <laughs> and, um, yep, uh, in a prisoner of war camp, he was a translator. I've got photos. Do you know where? No, no you know but which... I've got all the photos. Do you remember I showed you the, a, yeah, a couple of photos? Yeah, I'd be fascinated to know where. Yeah, where yeah. They're... Do you know something? And anybody out there listening, speak to your parents, ask them questions, because there's a lot of stuff I don't know. Yeah. That I sh- wish I'd asked, yeah. you know. But anyway, they didn't have cool podcasts back then where you no, could ask your parents. We didn't have Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Or we'll there t- is something called ancestry, which I'm slightly. But anyway, are you doing that? Are no, you no, no, to no, find, no, no. What no. was the other thing? Somebody asked me the other day if I wanted to do that TV show about finding out who you are, who do you think you are, or whatever really? it's called. Yeah, I, I am quite fascinated to do it because there's so much stuff recently. I was convinced that Edgar was actually born in Poland. I wasn't aware that he no, was born he in Leipzig. No, he was born in Leipzig, So yeah. I've always considered him Polish. But actually, he was very much born in Germany, raised German. But I think his father was Polish and his mother was Romanian. I don't know. You see, those are the things I'm not quite sure that's, about. That's that's yeah, the thing. But, but that's he was amazing. born in Leipzig, met so. my mother. They were 16 or something. Fell madly in love with my mother. His family were not happy. What did your mom do? Did she ever had... Did she ever... She was no. 16. She was probably at school. Yeah. But um, So they sent Daddy away to America to try and forget her. That didn't work. You said I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't he was know. in America for a long time. And then they, when they, they eloped. I didn't know that either. They ran away. Yeah, they eloped. Really? Which, mm, where did they romantic. get married? In Germany, nevertheless. No, in I think in Paris. No, that's favorite. No, they though. ran. They ran away to Paris. That didn't work out. Then they came to London. They got married in London. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, then you arrived. Well, Vivian first, my Vivian sister. Vivian first, your sister, yeah. And then me. And what, what years are we thinking? What years well, are we going to... Do we no, don't want to no, say no, that? No, we don't no, have to no, say no. that. Sorry, what a terribly rude Couple question. Of to <laughs> Couple of years ago. The 80s. <laughs> Who remembers the 80s? <laughs> oh, it's a very young mother. <laughs> <laughs> so it was post-war, so you grew up in post-war London? Yeah. How was that? Well, ration books. I remember going with my mother to the grocery store because they were called grocery stores in those days in Hampstead. And she had this ration book. It was fascinating. Which, what, you had to sort of fill out, you were only given a certain amount of Yeah, you were only allowed a certain amount of stuff. Amazing. Yeah. So you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember the shop. And then that went from being rationed post-war London to suddenly... Boom. Boom, the swinging 60s. And I just just asked that because I know what I do know about your life is very much around the swinging 60s. I mean, we have the photos to prove it. I've seen the photos to prove it. I've heard the stories to prove it. So I think I think that's quite a cool, interesting thing to tap into because mm. I know that person that had a huge influence on me and then, you know, keeping this on to the idea of music had a huge influence on what I ended up listening to. Well, darling, you know, the house was always full of music. I yeah, had music exactly. on 24-7. But what was the first music Ooh. that you... I This is interesting. Well, my father played the piano. He used to come home every day and play the piano, which was brilliant. He was very, very talented. And um, the first LP... And they had lots of 78s. Yeah. And I used to play 78s. I was like you. I, I'd made, well, we didn't have anything to tape it on, but I used to, if they went out. Do a radio show. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Anyway, but the first LP was, wait for it, folks up there, <laughs> Bill Haley. 
rock around the clock. But that was cool. I mean, that, that gets mixed yeah. reviews. I love that. Yeah. I love, I love, but real rockabillies yeah. don't like No, Bill it was Haley, the first sort of, you know, LP. It was rock and roll. It was rock the first sort of... T- it was the first... I always think of it... It was funny. We were watching a, a film the other day with some friends of mine. And I... any any Anything based on America in sort of the early 60s and kids well, is an immediate... For me, immediately, I get attracted to it because of all the stories I've well, heard Well, the thing is, here. darling, that the music in... The, the English music quote unquote was bleh, pretty dull and boring we used to listen to oh god what was it called not radio caroline although that dud um luxembourg radio, radio luxembourg. luxembourg yeah yeah and wasn't you that know, legal though wasn't that pirate no station? no that radio caroline was, was the pirate. no ra- who, who i have no idea where radio luxembourg but we suddenly well, had all these luxembourg. american <laughs> music that but we never saw the videos of what they looked like or who they were now if you go onto YouTube, you can see them all. And we, I'm looking at them thinking, what? That's what they look like? <laughs> Seriously uncool? <laughs> well, yeah, but they became the look of cool. It was the first time that music was made for teenagers. I always feel like you guys were yeah. the first generation. Yeah. Teenagers didn't exist before your generation. I don't think your and father... And do you know your... how the word teenager, who invented the word teenager? No. Some the Americans. Brand. The Americans. Yeah, but... I, I know it was 13, definitely... 13, 14. No, no, I get, I get the concept okay. of teenager. And I get the fact that it came from America. But it was funny because I was saying, going back to that thing, any film I watched from that period, I'm fascinated with because it was really funny. We were talking about it yesterday. Until the 60s, you were sort of a kid till you were 12 and then you got a job. You sort of got dressed up like a little grown up mm-hmm. and you sort of just became mm-hmm. a young adult, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, people mm-hmm. were being married off. Even That's in, why... When Mary Quant came on the scene, if anybody has even heard of her. I haven't. Who's oh, Mary Quant? What? I know the name, but remind me of I'm Mary sure Quant. I'm sure you haven't. Mary Quant was the first uh, uh, dress designer who uh-huh. invented the miniskirt, if you like, ah, okay, and yeah, made yeah. clothes that For we all fell in love with. The high boots and the... Well, yeah, and um, and Bieber and all that sort of stuff. I'm, going, I'm getting nostalgic now. And it was a, it was a cool time. I lived at home. I lived in... How did your parents react to that? Because you were the first generation where, as teenagers, you had, like, opinions. Uh, you had your own music. Not really. You had your own fashion. Really, it wasn't so much that we had opinions. We just wanted to party and have fun. Well, and... okay, but that's what I mean. But that came from a sort of culture that didn't exist before. 10 years before. No. No, it was a post-war happened in America. Absolutely. But it definitely was an American... Uh, something I think that was oh, for sure. introduced by the The Americans. music from America was my music. I loved it. And then the Beatles came along. But well, you Stones. were never a Beatles and Stones No, fan. I wasn't a fan. I was a fan of the Beatles, not so much their music, although now I actually love it. But yeah. then, but they were so cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. And they were the first guys that were interviewed on television and they were funny, mm. you know, and, and they didn't they wear the, the bow tie interviews. and the, you know, yeah, they were hair. really very funny and very endearing and we all fell in love with them and so on and so forth. And then I started modeling and that was fun. Uh, yeah, so let's get into that. Oh. So how did you, what was your, what was your role in the swinging 60s of London? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, edit it down. <laughs> I don't need to know. Days. I am your no. son. I don't want to know all the information. Well, I was just, we were all very lucky. We were all so young and, you know, I don't know. We were sort of so full of whatever. And... um 
It was such a great time to be young. Confidence, or or well, was it this sort of like common insecurity, naivety in a way? Naiveness. Yeah, I think, yeah that's it wasn't a good really. One. We weren't sort of. Forgive me. We we, we weren't Love Island type people. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We really weren't. Very, we were very natural. We didn't wear a lot, a lot of makeup. Okay, we wore mini skirts and then we got into hot pants and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but we weren't. That sounds very Love Island to me. It, exactly, no, I, I but it really mean. wasn't. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It yeah, really wasn't. You know, and you know, we didn't blow our lips up and do all that sort of stuff. We were all very natural and young, and you know, it's incredible because the 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 the, the young people I grew up with, a lot of them became quite famous. But mm. you know, we just didn't like, sort of, for example, well, Stephen, you know, um, Keith Richards, who I met when he was sort of. 17, 18, 19, and he'd never left the country. Sweet, shy boy. What was that trip? What was that? Well, he, he was going out with my one of my great girlfriends. And what, he just used to be there in yeah, the corner? Yeah, he used to hang out corner. with us, honestly. I love your we, story of James Taylor, because I always oh, think about yes, that. Yes, I forgot up. about that. So, yes, I get invited to this party at Peter Asher's apartment. I, don't, I can't remember who I went with or whatever, and he said, I want you all to listen to this guy. This is a really true story. And we were all sitting on the floor thinking we were really cool. <laughs> and um, this gorgeous boy, he was a boy, walked into the room with his guitar and started singing. And Well, so it was like a performance thing? Like, yeah, no, it was like in a room like this. You yeah. know, he was sitting, we were sitting on the floor sort of thing. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gig or anything. He just mm. wanted to... Sure, check out what this guy does. And then we found out that was James Taylor. Do you remember yeah. what he sang or do you remember the no, no, I don't remember what he... I wasn't that impressed with his singing. <laughs> but wasn't he was that gorgeous <laughs> looking. <laughs> he was. He was oh very... I mean, he's still God. divine. He's still one of them. Oh, he was But beautiful. I always thought of that growing up because I always remember being the guy very often in the corner trying to woo the girls or trying to detain a <laughs> room or, you know. I always remember thinking, you never know. You might be... James Taylor used to do this too. I always used to let that story kind of definitely inspire, you know. Did it? Yeah, I always. Well, that do you always remember I gave you one of when you first started? I gave you a video of James Taylor. Do you remember at Christmas? At Christmas? Oh no, that, that no, that wasn't when I first started. That was that was, was quite way, recently. That was, no. Yeah, you gave me his one man show DVD. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. It was. I mean, I was already. No, Mm-mm, not Corona. Um, Daddy's house. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it mm. was, it was quite recent. It wasn't mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. Yeah, that was great. Actually, it was really interesting watching that one man show because he talks about writing. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. He actually, so he was in London probably when you saw him. He was in London recording. He just got signed to the same company as Apple. Apple. The Beatles record label. He was the first artist to yeah, be signed well, to Apple Yeah, Peter Asher, Peter Asher, exactly. who was Jane Asher's brother. So that's probably why you met him. It was yeah. simultaneous. Yeah. And he was trying to, they were trying to record his first album. In the meantime, they were trying to get him into Abbey Road, but the Beatles were always working. So he never got studio time. And when he did, it was like sort of in the crazy hours in the morning because mm. the Beatles were working. They were so ruthless with their schedule. Yeah, but I also think he was bit like you in the beginning he was sort of very folksy he was very fo- no it was just him and a guitar him and a guitar, him and which guitar was his sort first of like album. you and um you know he wasn't rock and roll no no he was well what well, that was strange because he got his um his substance taking because there was so much he had so much sort of free time on his hands in london he ended up getting caught up in quite an interesting circle and it actually became quite dangerous for his health that his manager um 
said to him, listen, the, the Beatles are going away to India to find themselves <laughs> and do the stuff, which is when they went mm -hmm. on there. I think you should take a break. I think we should get you out. Um, and he sent him to Formentera, no. which is an island where, as yeah, you know, we, we, know. Go, we yes. go all the time. Yeah. And he was in Formentera for two months. And he fell in love with a beautiful Scandinavian girl. Yeah, he tells this whole story on the oh video you God. gave me. <laughs> and when he was there, he was so homesick. He wrote, in my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Uh -huh. So he wrote that song in Formentera. And then he was going to come back to London, but his sister got pregnant with a little baby, James. And so he got back to London, realized that London wasn't very healthy for him at the time. So he went to visit his family in America. And on the drive from New York down to sort of North Carolina or whatever it was he was from, he wrote the song Rockabye Sweet Baby James because he wanted to bring a present mm. for it. So he, this whole sort of phase of London, which is probably when you saw him. So that's why I'm curious to know he what song. He must have been younger. He was very... No, this was his first album. Oh, okay. These were all on his first album. No, but he hadn't, made it. he hadn't made an album when we... No, exactly. So <clears throat> Darling, he was You know in what London. it was like? It was like you in Corona playing to your school friends. Yeah. Do you remember when you used to yeah, do yeah. that? Jack used to come home when we lived in Corona. Actually, I used to come home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were there. <laughs> and the house was full of these kids from this American school with Jack playing the guitar. And it was so sweet. And I used to creep away to the bedroom. Do you remember? Well, no, I used to go to the kitchen. He used to open a bottle of wine. And one by one, my friends would go and have a therapy session with you, oh, come back true. completely wasted. Yes. And they would just join yes. the circle again. Yes. In tears, all of them in, in tears. In tears, all having spoken about their parents. And you were the only parent that listened yes. to them. No, that was, it's funny because now I try to, I mean, obviously my kids are much younger. They're not sitting around and uh, smoking and drinking and playing guitar. <laughs> just yet but they're, they're, they're getting there um, they're already I can see that and I always say to them and um, it's funny we all talk about parenting now and I loved your your theory was always very good it was do whatever you want but I'd much rather you did it here at home oh absolutely under my own roof I mean I, I was thrilled that you were all under my roof I could yeah. sleep quietly you know it was when you were downtown that no 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 I understand that and I, there now were no friends. There was no phones there back then. There was no phones. No. We no. didn't know where you were. No, now, as a parent, I totally understand. That. I hope that we create that environment. I also, you know, I don't want to... You never put any boundaries, so to speak. There was never... like Nothing was forbidden. There was never expectations. It was not like you have to... But there was definitely no, a sense... don't you remember the first time in Corona? I knew you were all going down the bottom of the garden and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> don't you remember? <laughs> you will. Um, you came in. And I offered, you were like 12. No, you're a bit older. <laughs> and with me. And I offered you both a cigarette. I don't remember. Their that. faces were like shock, horror. Did we deny it or did we take the cigarette? You didn't take the cigarettes. You were absolutely, um, no. But I thought I remember, there's only one way to deal with this make it not a big deal. One of my first, one of my memories, which I always just cringe at, the remem <laughs> just remembering, was the first time. I think it was the first time as a kid I sort of partook in uh, a psychedelic experience. And uh -uh. Coldplay's album had just come out, Parachutes. It was their first album. And there's a song on it called Beautiful World. The, the opening song is called Beautiful World. And you were out. This is in Corona. This is in Corona. This is in Switzerland. You were out. I don't know where you were. I think you with, were out for with dinner. With my friends, you my American. Yeah, yeah, you were out with your friends. And I had about five of us back at home and we put this album on. And partook in some sort of a psychedelic experience. Didn't realize that this song was on repeat. So we sat for about five hours before you got home. You were out for dinner. And I remember somehow, without me noticing, my friends had taken the entire living room and recreated it in the garden. 
Do you remember? Well, <laughs> we basically rebuilt of. the living room in the garden. Yes, yes. And I and hadn't I, noticed and, and that was the only time the neighbors said, we're very sweet, those neighbors. Yeah. Um, I think we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and we were blaring music sitting on the sofa yeah. in the yeah. garden. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had the lamp next to the sofa. We had the coffee. We had recreated the entire living room in the garden because I remember where we lived, there was this amazing uh, chain of mountains. Yeah. And at the end of the mountains was Italy, basically, was Milan. There was this lake going to the mountains, and in the far, far distance, it was Italy. And there was a storm going on in Italy. There wasn't where we were, but there was. That's the beauty of living in the mountains. And I remember there was this, I mean, this is what we told ourselves. Maybe nothing was happening. We were, we were sort of far out at this moment. But we basically sit outside watching this. And I remember you coming home. And I remember, always, I always think about this now, even as a parent. You didn't get angry at us. I mean, I would have literally flipped. <laughs> I mean, if I came home. And my kids had moved where we are now sitting into the garden. I mean, aside I from my kids, <laughs> I remember. I remember you being more strict than usual. But I remember you saying, "I'm going to bed." When I wake up, I want everything back where oh, it was. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember that, and I remember always thinking that was. Well, that if was Mikey cool. was there, it no, would have Mikey been... wasn't there. Mikey uh, wasn't there. No, Mikey because it would have been put back yeah, beautifully. No, no Mikey wasn't there. <laughs> oh. But so that was the sort of catalyst of all the songwriting stuff you were always very no come on darling you wrote poetry first of all not really you did and you I wrote got like published. a poem at school yeah but you got published in a book somewhere i don't know where that is <laughs> and and you had to read one of your poems at school you were yay but yay tall you yeah, could but hardly look I mean. after over you were the... so that was like the only time i ever got like a good grade at school and you were so excited about that <laughs> one time i got a good grade it ended up defining my the rest of my life which is something i think about now too like i'd never done anything well at school when i remember i remember exactly the poem too it was a poem the, about, do you remember the leaves the, yeah the, carpet the of red leaves it was yeah. about autumn yeah it was, oh, a, God. It was the first thing yeah and i remember reading it to you in the car on the way to school because i i hadn't really finished it well, I don't think I'd even done it. And on the car, you had said to me, have you done your homework? I might have even just written oh, it darling, in the car. Oh, darling, you never had homework. No, I never had homework. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I was the only kid that never had homework. Never. Yeah, but you didn't exactly question me that hard. You were like, do you have homework? I was like, no. You're like, cool. Should we watch Friends? I was like, yeah, let's watch Friends. <laughs> I didn't exactly have to argue with you. I was like, no, trust me, I'm good. Oh, I was a rotten mother. No, you were a great mother. You were a rotten... But you did, you did. Funnily enough, you ended up being a teacher, which is so funny. Yes. Because that was the one, uh, you didn't exactly give much, I wouldn't say respect, much importance to my academic. No. No, you were an amazing mother. No, you, you no, I didn't because mother. I wasn't academic. So I thought, how can I possibly have children that are going to be well, academic? Well, it's weird because I, I have that thing too. I'm still, but my, I feel like my, I feel like Connie, my daughter is very academic. Um, you would, you, you, I, the thing was, you weren't interested, no. but you weren't, none, you and Petey aren't stupid, but you weren't interested. I bet if you went back to school now, you'd really enjoy it. Well, we were just talking about it because Connie's just starting to get tests. And uh -uh. I was saying, if school hadn't have had tests, I would have loved school. Yeah. The thing that I really always Terrified hated, you. I hated yeah. the feeling. And still yeah. now, just saying the word tests you makes start me, coughing. I get like, yeah, my mm. stomach gets mm. all butterfly. Yeah. I just never liked yeah. that sort of valid, that evaluation no, of agree. what one knew or what didn't also because i really found it quite annoying that so many kids i went to school with that were really good at tests had no idea what they were talking about but they had well, a memory of it but or, yeah or they, they could a... they could retain this information yeah, 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 yeah. but then like that i remember weeks later that i'd be talking same. about something happened in history and they knew nothing about it and i was like you got an a on that test i got like a d minus 
And I'm telling you, and you have no idea about what I'm talking about. You don't recall that. And they're like, I don't care. We just studied it for you the test. You have more knowledge now than most people I know. I don't know that where that you says a lot from. about the people you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's what happens when you spend too much time on Facebook. <laughs> no, I don't. I watch a lot of television. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, but that was the... That was definitely yeah okay so the poetry was the catalyst and then of and then, course it and was, then it was and, you, then, and then and then what did saying, I what did I say it was you saying put it to music who gave us that guitar there was a guitar in the house you say it was Granny Charlotte I don't think it was no 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 was it well Granny Charlotte weirdly enough gave, gave you a big guitar in Foskett Road you were about four years old I know but I how think weird that, is that was that still the same guitar maybe, it was like covered with spider webs maybe we would have taken it with us maybe. Maybe. I never but, knew who but, gave us that Okay, guitar. do you remember the drums? I remember the drums. So that was your first love. He yeah. play, you, you, you could play the drums. I mean, nobody taught you how to play the drums. You could play the drums. So you wanted drums. So Daddy said, okay. And you, we bought you these drums. Well, he bought you the drums. Drum kit so it was down in the cellar, do you remember? Which well, I you didn't used. want to be down in the cellar. I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, this, this sucks. I don't want to go down so to you the never basement played by myself. The drums. But then I thought guitar put it to music with a guitar well it was that combination it was a combination of you saying that and it was a combination of all my friends played guitar and they used you to take forever well no not that yeah. <laughs> it helped with the ladies um no but i just used to get so bored because i was the drummer in every band in yeah, the school yeah, yeah, yeah. and i remember just sitting there waiting for everybody to tune their guitars to learn the song to play it together and i used to go for these sort of you know come and play with the band. And I used to spend two hours just sitting there holding my sticks, watching people and thinking, this sucks. This was Okay, really... but now I'm going to tell you something. So you, when you came home from school, mm -hmm. you didn't go and watch the television. There were no boxes to play with. You got your guitar out and you said, Mommy, can you listen to a new song? I yeah. thought, oh God, another one? <laughs> <laughs> sound like, you sound like my wife. Sound like Gemma. Well, you know. She's like, yes, I've heard it. You've yes. been writing so it in the house. So then you bit. started taping your songs. Do you remember that? And yeah. you, you made some really good tapes of your songs. And I thought, okay, I'm your mother. Of course, I'm going to think you're brilliant. I thought somebody else. Well, has no, got... not all mothers do. You don't, don't, don't. I, I, that's. Well, that's, I did. I did. thought they yeah, were pretty cool. Did. I know you did. If and, I, if I turned the know... tap on you, thought I was Jesus for making water. <laughs> You've never been short of True. giving me confidence. True. But anyway, but that's, um, that's something. No, but that... the thing is, so I, you had this, uh, they, you, this American school. You had these counselors. They were called, mm. which now they call. Something else. No, it was an advisor. He was advisor, advisor, advisor. Yeah. Mr. Dershman. Mr. Dershman. And so one time, yes, you also got a name. That was also the We went to a school that really encouraged creativity. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. And um, so you, I dropped you at school and he was there. And I said, look, just do me a favor. Can you just listen to this? Don't tell Jack. Please don't yeah. tell Jack. Just listen to it because I can't figure out if it's good or bad. Or he said, sure, 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 sure. And you came home that day when I fetched you. I said, you said, Mommy, it's really strange. Mr. Dershman wants me to bring in my guitar. Yeah, he wants me to perform at the arts festival. Well, no, he heard you first. And then he... And oh, then, yeah, he asked me to bring my guitar yeah, yeah, into yeah. the photo lab. Yeah, yeah. And, and he you, asked me to play him a song. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And I then, never questioned why he, why he knew. I never questioned. I mean, I remember finding out quite quickly because you yeah. laughed and said, I gave yeah. him a tape. And then I got angry <laughs> and all that. But I never questioned. But then... You, um, so you had your guitar and then he, he wanted you to play in this great festival of Tassis and you festival. didn't want to be there on your own. Yeah. You, 
So you formed a little band. Well, that was just my way of, that was because I was it a was coward. It was brilliant. Yeah, that was, that, that was when I learned that I was a coward. And that's also when I learned I never wanted to have a band because I was quite selfish when it came to... What was Mrs. Fleming's daughter called? Mrs. Mrs. Eshelman. And you, you sang that song. And here's to you, and here's to you, Mrs. Mrs. Eshelman. Eshelman. I did a cover of Mrs. Robinson, not really understanding <laughs> the innuendo. Bro- no, quite. But um, yeah, I remember down. one of the teachers just absolutely wetting themselves yeah, with laughter. Yeah. And I only realized later on in life why. But even at this stage, I didn't think this was going to be his career. No, yeah, but I didn't think it was, I did. I, to be honest, until two weeks ago, I didn't think. No, I still exactly. question if this is my exactly. career. Exactly. This was the first sort of affirmation we've really ever had. Was well, you could last. always be a disc jockey. <laughs> that, that's my true my true calling he's I mean, always been a radio, radio show yeah no, he's done both he's a disc jockey yeah, yeah he's had a number yeah, one record yeah, yeah he's outdone me yeah um, no I remember always making you I remember that's where my that's where that's where my real passion came in so there was two things there was one with the poetry thing and you writing but even then I remember kind of liking it, but I didn't really have many references. And I have to say, I've got to give a lot Darling, of credit. You were, you, of course you didn't. You were 15, 16 no, years old. No, I know. All I'd listened to up until then was sort of, you know, it was just fun music for parties. It was now compilations and stuff like that, different compilations. Well, you listened to a lot of In My Car. Afterwards. Yeah, exactly. No, you you, you and Pops have always had strong stuff. But I remember it was a cassette that, that Daddy made me for my 16th birthday called Forever Young. And I remember that having that was that, to give credit where credit's due. I remember that being a real catalyst. He introduced me to Joan Bias, things that not many kids my age had no. had heard. And um, yeah, that was definitely a big, a big uh, a game change for me. That's when I became obsessed with with songwriters and stuff. And that's when I started acknowledging more music that but you were darling, listening to. Be honest with me. Didn't you love sitting in Corona? entertaining your friends you loved it no of course i did i still i so, still love it do you I know what that. i mean but I, so the, the, it came so naturally to you i mean yeah. there's not many people that would be able to even do that but i never thought of it at the time no, i mean i, I still, never thought I still, oh my god this is his new career no never no way no never 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 but me you're going to be a scholar <laughs> 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 or a doctor in asian literature <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was never really on the cards. No, no I wanted to study film. I wanted. I thought I was a really oh, good yeah. photographer. Oh yeah, that was my thing. Well, my, you were actually. I was okay. I wasn't. That you good. got an A. Yeah, but that's because well, Mr. Dershman yeah. liked me. But I, yeah. that was not for no reason. But I remember, <laughs> I remember having the reality check of a university. That was a real thing. Going to our college counselor because the American school has these college counselors where you sit with the college counselor and they tell you. You're, you're realistic. It's where dreams are made and dreams are crushed. <laughs> Remind me of something. I want to say something, though. Let me just... Do you remember... So both you and BT, you went for a special test in Milan with to, to find out what was the problem. No, I didn't do, do you it remember? in Milan. Yes. No, you did I it did in it Switzerland. In, yeah. You did it in Switzerland. Mm. And this woman wrote, and I've still got it. I've got it in a... In a I can show you. And she said, you are phenomenally creative. Yeah, but she also said that I was very good at math, and that, that was absolutely no. Nonsense. She didn't say you were very good at anything. She just said you were. F- One of the things she said was you were phenomenally creative. But even as I read it then, I thought, what? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> so overrated. <Really? laughs> yeah, I don't, have, I don't. Have, I don't. Have, but anyway, as it turned out, she was absolutely right. Mm. She got it spot on. Because, darling, it's not easy what you do. Well, uh, no, but aside from that, uh, I don't think it's not hard either. 
So there's there's it's not, it's, it's it can't not, be that easy to write a song. I couldn't do it. Could you do it? I think no. I, I, I was not... actually reading an article recently about somebody trying to demyth um demysticize is that the word mm. um the, the the art of songwriting and he called it um he said it's like fishing you throw a hook and you wait for something to something to grab you i i totally agree with that i, I don't think i think it's whether you want to do it or not is what differentiates people is whether you can be bothered to do it or you have that need to do it darling, darling. i think i've i've literally sat in this very room and i have turned you know, a shipbroker and uh, an economist, um, and I've made them into songwriters. We've sat and written songs. I've sort of tried to prove this point where if you actually... You mean but, anyone can do it? I don't No, do I don't it. think any... I think anyone can do it. I don't think anyone wants to do it. I think that want to write a song, that need to write a song, that, that sort of obsessive nature of finishing a song, not just coming up with an idea for a song, I think that is different. That is, a, that is, that is something that is due to... That is quite... I don't understand. I, I still don't know why I have to do it. I still don't really understand. Because I've tried many times to do other things. I've hated this at times. Darling, you, 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 you made a mean falafel in the Edgeware Road. To, I used to make a mean falafel. It wasn't on the Edgeware Road. <laughs> You're just pigeonholing falafels now. <laughs> it, was, it was in Shepherd's Bush. Oh, Shepherd's Bush. I, didn't, I never made it to Edgeware Road. <laughs> even then, I wasn't remotely worried. I, I thought, great, I, he's got a job. Yeah, I never got upgraded to Edgeware Road. I, I started at the bottom and I stayed at the bottom when it came to my falafel-making career. No, it was... It was called Hawk Road. <laughs> I remember and, walking by Shepherd's Bush Empire every day oh on my God. way to work and thinking, man, how do people get there? Because when I came to London, <laughs> you know, like you said, don't we had a, I had a very, thanks to you, thanks to you guys, I had a very fortunate upbringing. But I had a very sheltered upbringing when it came from creative industries. I mean, although my education was very creative, mm. our school very much um, praised, you know, Thank the arts. Thank God for Tassis, yeah. Thank God for my school, yeah, yeah. absolutely. The surroundings were beautiful. Yeah. They, they, they totally... Mrs. Fleming had the perfect idea. Yeah, they, they inspired children to look for beauty in things yeah. and, to, yeah. and to acknowledge yeah. it and to be appreciative yeah. of it and to find... It was cool. Like, it wasn't one of those schools where if so you wrote cool. poetry or you did photography, you get beaten up it was no, quite the no. contrary like. and the great thing was and i think it's actually all the american i think the american education is very good they give you a prize for trying how brilliant is that or no, for effort yeah but i think aside from that <clears throat> no, i think that's great oh, I, I used think to that's hate great. that i used to hate that because i remember getting a c and one in effort and that meant that i tried and i was still stupid i remember that really <laughs> annoying me i was like what are you trying to say that i try but i still don't get it i hated the bloody effort score i would have rather got like you know an a with zero effort that, that's what i was aiming for oh no that's and boring. as a parent it was nice because it was some consolation was, to the fact trust that me, it was, was really nice yeah okay i can, I can understand really, that. Really but as a nice. student it was quite patronizing really <laughs> to say that no but oh. what i really loved was that they acknowledged your strengths and they Never pressured your weaknesses. I remember in my final yeah. two years them saying, listen, it's very unlikely you're going to become a biochemist. <laughs> so, but we've noticed you're really good at taking photos and you're really creative and you like art history. So let's focus you more into literature. Brilliant. And, I, yeah. and I remember think that was very, that took away a lot of pressure. I remember thinking, okay, they get it. They get, they get me, so to speak. Um, so I wasn't fighting an uphill battle against, you know, doing pre-calculus and things like that. And? You graduated. And I miraculously graduated. Because <laughs> yeah. they loved you. Yeah, but what was I saying before? I was, there was Songwriting. Songwriting, yeah. I still don't understand where it's. No, where darling, it comes well, from. people with talent, there's no explanation. 
how can somebody paint? How, where does Gemma's... No, I understand the process of songwriting now. I understand what... what, what, what I don't understand why... I, like, it's funny because now I get why I do it. I mean, now I do it because it's kind of my job and it's become something that's given me so much in return that I have this new respect for it. Like, I don't validate it mm. simply to get something off my back or off my chest or, or simply to try and just connect. But it's also become something that's given me a lot back. It's given me a, a, a really nice life. Um, it's given me a roof over my head. It's allowed me to give my children a certain type of life for now. So it's really changed. The definition and my reason for songwriting has changed. Well, you, but I you, don't, darling, like, you're being acknowledged. As no, I know, but I kind of, I kind of, um, I'm, I've become fascinated with that kid we're talking about. Why did I come home and write the song? I have no idea. I, that really baffles me. I, I mean, why did Daddy come home and sit down at the piano every time he came home? It's yeah. what he wanted to do. Your father, you mean? Yeah. Like, my dad never <laughs> My daddy. Not your daddy. Like, my daddy. Um, you know, why did he do that? Um, yeah. Why did I want to be a Why did I want to be a model? How vain of me to even think that I could be a model. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but, to, yeah. Well, I question that with myself as well. There's there's a huge amount of ego. Yeah. That has to do with yeah, this. Yeah. Um, there's a difference. You know. There was a it great must be fabulous to stand on stage and have everybody cheer. It's got to be the best. Yeah, but even feeling. if they don't cheer, because they don't cheer for a long time. There's many years of no well, cheering before they cheer. So they were never there. They were never there. There was nobody there. <laughs> and even if it was two people, trust me, that cheer was not enough for my ego. Oh. <laughs> it takes a lot more. No, it was more the. There's a very interesting feeling when you write a song where you feel like you're kind of manipulating reality and it's on your terms. And that's what I, that's, I remember what poetry showed me. My problem with school was always that you were either right or you were wrong. And I was very rarely right. Um, and that really bugged me because I was like, my answer was always, well, says who? Says who that two and two is four? <laughs> says who that, you know, you know, it really frustrated me. And even if there was an answer, well, that's who says it. It was never really good enough for me because I never felt like it was mine. I never felt ownership of it. I felt like I was just being given a lot of information that wasn't anything to do with me. And poetry was the first time I felt real ownership. I'm right there over with you. The, I understand completely what you're saying. Sense. Yes, it does. Even with an essay, I remember, even though I loved writing, I hated essays because I was like, this has nothing to, to do with me. It was constricting. This is me using other people's ideas yeah. to prove a point yeah. that I actually don't care about. You've just asked me to prove. Yeah. So why am I even doing this? Yeah. What is the point of learning how to do this? Whereas poetry was just this sort of, it was the first time I felt like you I'd been given you clay. You could say what you wanted to say. Yeah, but even if I didn't want to say it, it was just, I could say... Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It was as if somebody gave me a block of clay and it was sort of do what you want with it. But that clay was just, uh, I guess, well, manipulating Fafi, a sense of reality. Said when he, when you, because Jack, for his graduation, they choose six people to make mm. a speech at graduation. And amazingly, they chose Jack. No, the, and, the students, yeah, my, and my Jack friend. Jack came but, to me and, and he said, Mommy, <clears throat> I can't make a speech. But do you think I can sing it? And I went, well, I don't know. Ask Mr. Frost, your wonderful headmaster. Mr. Frost. I mean, what a great name for a headmaster. Well, he was so cool. And he was great. But we he had was a love cool hate. Too. We had a love hate relationship. Yeah, but me anyway. Too. But anyway, um, but he was he great. was so good. He helped me so much because I was, you know. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, you went to Mr. Frost, right? And he right. must have been like, what? No, and he, he loved it. He loved no, it. No, but he, they, they yes, were, they he were was. They were cool. That was that, how that And so called. Jack, all the others did these frightfully marvellous speeches and everything. And Jack got up with his guitar 
and he sang a song all about his teachers. I think it was about seven minutes it, long. It was like Bohemian Rhapsody. It was Rhapsody. such a shame that was never videoed. Somebody's got it. No, Somebody's got it. no, no think, unfortunately I, I, not. No, I don't Vanessa think so. Vanessa Salvi had it, and I think she actually gave it to me on a video once. Oh, God what knows. a shame. But anyway, Faffy, you know, um, he said to me, he's a natural lyricist. Well, but aside from that, I remember And he that, was 17, 18. Yeah. But I remember using music to learn Shakespeare. I oh remember when we had to learn, um, yeah, I mean, I don't remember, don't, I'm not going to put myself no, on the no, spot now. No, no quoting. But I remember we had to learn a monologue, yeah, uh, a Shakespeare course. monologue, and I learned Puck um, of Midsummer's Night Dream. If, okay. we have, if we shadows have offended, oh, yeah, yeah, think yeah, about yeah, this yeah, and all yeah. is Now, wait, didn't you sing? Yeah, exactly. So I couldn't, I couldn't memorize it. I tried, I couldn't do it, um, I couldn't do it. And I remember you said to me, I'm pretty sure it was you who said, why don't you try singing it and see if it helps you to remember it? And it actually became a really cool song. I actually heard it the other day <laughs> recently. We found it on some really weird mix CD that I found of like these demos of my when I was back at school. And there was this... I wish we had still cassette players because they're all on cassette. No, I put I a lot st- of them on CDs. Oh, did my you? Friend, I had a friend at school who put a lot of them on CDs. I mean, if you think of Gypsy Love, that'll... Oh! Oh, sorry. Pause. <laughs> the dogs have just invaded... <laughs> Invasion of the dogs. <laughs> Guys, out. Let me get the dogs out. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, so... Shakespeare, singing to Shakespeare. Yeah, singing Shakespeare. Actually, it was quite but funny was, because what, I what had to was, do that again recently. Yes, I know. For the, Which was fantastic. What are they called? Oh, my God. I can't remember. Some what? Olivia Awards? The Olivia Awards. Thank you. Yeah, the Olivia Awards. I had to do... I did, which actually I copied... Um, oh, my goodness. What's his name from Roxy Music? Uh, can't help you there, darling. Brian Ferry, yeah, sorry. It was Brian oh, Ferry. Brian Ferry. Yeah, Brian God. Ferry actually did this. Did I can't, yeah, Brian Ferry. Sonnet. Oh my gosh, I can't it remember. It was fabulous. Yeah, that was a terrible performance. I was so scared. I'm sure. Jo- Judy Dench. It was at the I can't remember what theatre. I want I don't I, it's not it wasn't the Palladium. No, it was pretty cool theatre. It was some Yeah, it wasn't a Palladium. The old Vic it was, or something like that? No, maybe the Royal Opera House or something. Oh, something God, quite in, yeah, yeah, intense yeah, yeah, yeah. in the yeah. middle of London. I want to say the Royal Opera House, maybe. Um and it was just a f- room filled with thespians and musical and theatre and real sort of <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, the complete opposite of what what what, what I am. Um, and so it was quite sort of terrifying. intimidating. And I remember standing on stage and the lights came on and I just remember seeing Judy Dench <laughs> oh my in the front god. row and thinking, Oh my god, I'm about to sing Shakespeare to Judy Dench. <laughs> this couldn't I couldn't think of anything worse. I was like I felt very out of place, very um I felt quite ignorant. Um but uh but anyway, I managed to pull it off to some extent, but it wasn't a great performance. I actually, again, that's another one that somebody sent me recently or somebody on Instagram, one of the fan, the, uh, the, our fan club posted it on Instagram quite recently. And I remember just sitting, looking at it quite, clenching my teeth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was sort of how music always, it was always a, an assistant. It always helped. It yeah. always kind of had yeah. that, that feel to it, which... Um, well, I couldn't live without music. I mean, I have the radio. We the never first had, thing, music was always on in the house. Always, always, I, My always. earliest memory is listening to Radio 2 in Foskett Road in Fulham. Yeah. The smell of burnt toast. <laughs> you downstairs in a foul mood. Oh, let's darling, just say you're not a morning person. Nope. <laughs> and, um, and the sound of Terry Wogan putting on oh. great music because Terry yeah. put on great music. Yeah. Um, 
Darling Terry. Yeah. And so it was quite funny because I remember being so excited. I didn't know all the thing when I moved to England about what was cool, what radio stations were cool, what was because I I hadn't lived here. When the music thing started, we just got back to London. I had just arrived back to London, so I really knew nothing about English culture. Uh, we didn't even know. Oh, we did know friends. We used to. No, we knew friends, friends. <laughs> that, but that wasn't English. That was you know. No, but I, knew, I went to an American school, so I knew everything about American culture, American yeah, yeah, music, yeah, yeah, yeah. America, whatever. But I, then when you went to America, you found it very different, didn't you? Well, that's because it was a strange time. I went, it was a strange time, but also it wasn't Texas. You know, you. I no, think, I loved America, and I, and I still have such. I, I mean. Until recently, I felt more at home in America than I did in England. Until very recently, until having children and settling down and actually leaving London. Because in London, London isn't England. London yeah. is London. Mm. And I was always very proud of being a Londoner. But I, whenever I left London, and I've toured England for the last 12 years, yeah. I mean, up and down, I've been to parts of the country that I've seen England. I did not relate. I didn't feel English. I didn't understand it. Whereas in America, right. to be fair, I haven't been to sort of... Parts of I haven't been to everywhere in America, but when I whenever I do go to America, when I'm with Americans, I feel very much at home. I, I get found the humor. that too because, darling, you got to understand with my background, I didn't feel English either. Yeah, I guess that's also you know a big because part of it, with yeah. with uh, foreign parents, you know, I was th I was the strange one. Mm. I said certain words differently. I said mayonnaise instead of no, I said mayonnaise, mayonnaise. instead of mayonnaise, <laughs> and there were you know, and everybody would laugh at me seriously. Yeah, um, you know, so. I never felt, no. And so it was sort of inevitable well, I, I married as an Italian. Yeah, but that's why I loved London, because London never made you feel, are you English enough or are you not English enough? Funny enough, since I moved out here to the countryside... You became very the, Italian. I became very Italian. <laughs> I'm the only Italian in the village. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first week being here and a lady talking to me slowly. Hello, Jack. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Is everything you okay? In case I didn't understand. Oh, sweet. And I remember being like, "Wow, I'm born in Parsons Green. I mean, I'm I'm English, but but still, to this day, I used to that used to really frustrate me. If I'm honest, it used to irritate me. I was born in England. I have an English passport, um, but I sound American when I speak because I was educated by Americans. My last name sounds like an ice cream. You know, sound, <laughs> a waiter. <laughs> like, and I came, oh yeah, I sound, I sound very Italian. Um, but what my father always used to say, there's nothing better than a cocktail. No, no, no. And I'm all for that. Now I love it. Don't God forbid. But it was funny because in the music industry, it was a, it was a, it was a bummer. It was a real pain in the ass sometimes. You used I mean, to tell me that. I mean, I remember they wanted to change your name. Or many meant two two big executives tried to change my name. I mean, incredible. They, they were probably right. My my life would have probably been a lot easier oh, had I changed my no, name. But I would have no no no, 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 no. But I never did. But it, thank I God understand. you didn't change your name. No, now thank God because I've understood Even how then, to. It's like asking Barbara Streisand to have a nose job, which they did, and she didn't do it. I love how you just threw that into that that <laughs> anecdote. That was the best anecdote you could have possibly thrown into that. Well, it's like asking Barbara Streisand to have a nose job. Well, yeah, that's I'm what they did. I'm going to use that now for everything I disagree that's what with. They, did. they are they they tried to get her to do um, to have a nose job, and David Bailey, that you guys wouldn't have even heard of. Yeah, of course, the photographer. <laughs> he said to me because I had dinner with him because I was going out with this great friend of his, and um, he said. Dye your eyebrows. They're too black for your hair. Well, Cara Delevingne would have proved him wrong with that one. Exactly. I didn't do it. But it was like, oh. Jeez. You know. 
Yeah. Yeah, no. Differences, I've learned that differences are what make you unique and what makes you unique is yeah. going to make you connect, exactly. actually. If, if you own your uniqueness, you can really connect with people. Don't be afraid of it. No, but it's also amazing how many people out there have that same feeling. But don't you sometimes think now... I'm different. I'm Italian. <laughs> oh my God. Have you heard my new album? I recorded yeah. it in the basement of a church in Rome. Yeah. Like I totally yeah. went for Because when I moved out, I was funnily enough, being the only Italian in the village made me embrace it, not fear it. Um, I guess in London, as much as I loved having that sort of an- anonymity, I also probably lacked a bit of identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that can happen to you when you live in a big city. You think you're part of something so different and diverse and actually you kind of lose yourself in it. You sort of, you become you lose your identity yeah. that's what happened to me and it was only coming back out to quite a strong community there's a very strong community out here which i love of most most lovely i was never made to feel bad about my italianness it was just acknowledged yeah yeah, so yeah. nobody ever said oh you silly italian no, no i never got that <laughs> you know i never got you you bloody no. wop although i might have heard that a few times <laughs> as a joke but but i definitely you know the war does come up at many dinner parties oh, i go to what, it's why crazy you think, that's how bizarre do you think when i grew up being half German, no, totally German and Jewish, and all, I mean, at every dinner conversation, somebody said something against the Jews or the Germans, and yeah. I used to just sit there and keep my zip. Yes, yeah, because so, I mean, I, when I was modelling, um, I worked for this fabulous man, Mr. Michael. He was so cool, and he was a couturier, but he was doing this work for Marks and Spencers, and um, I'd been invited to a very grand house in the country, and I was really quite scared, you know. <laughs> and he said, Ingrid, don't worry. Just tell them you're a model. Don't pretend to be anything else. Because once you tell them you're a model, you'll be fine. <laughs> they won't ask you any more questions. You won't have a problem. Well, I have that too. I mean, it's so funny. My entire adult life is like, you know, you go to dinner parties, occasionally the fancy dinner party. And it's like, so what do you do? And you're like, I'm a singer songwriter. I bet they turn away. No, they all go, oh, well done you. <laughs> I, I play guitar yes. too. You yes. get that a lot. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's funny. It's quite nice now. I remember when I first started having my serious collaborations, when I first started writing with people. Because the first thing they ask you is, have you done anything we know? Something I would know, which is a very fair question. It's a horrible question when you haven't <laughs> done something that they would know. Um, but it's quite nice when they have, when you have. I remember sure. yeah, dropping a few names here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you really can. Yeah, but going back to the going back to the sort of identity cultural thing, um, that was very important. But I had for the me. same. I had the same. So but I did think you have I that just... here or in Switzerland? Because I would say it happened to you. What no, happened here, to me? In, when I was growing up in England, um, I was always I know that I was always the odd one um, who had foreign parents. You know? Well, your mom spoke with a super well, there, accent. There, there, strong German accent, yeah. which she never lost. No. And so I was the. I, I still was remember the, going um, Charlotte. Not always understanding what she was saying. I mean, it was such a thick <laughs> German accent. But they really? never spoke German in the house. No, because it wasn't a very popular language. Understandably, but not and even to each other? Well, um... They were fighting? <laughs> sometimes. Etka! <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember we used to travel to Italy in the car. Oh, nightmare. And, of course, the, the daddy was... The steering was on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. And there were no motorways then. And so mummy had to be the one to tell him if he could overtake. And in German, something's coming is Kompfass. And all I remember hearing on those jokes, Kompfass, Edgar, Kompfass. <laughs> <laughs> and he began to not trust her, you know, because she was like me in the car. Yeah. So he Terrified. paid no attention. Oh, God, those trips. Those, I mean, I remember we got to Marble Arch and I said to my poor father, are we nearly there? 
we were traveling to Italy. <laughs> yes, darling, we're nearly there. Well, yeah. I get that now all yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the sort of, I love hearing, I love having, I, I, I've embraced my European heritage and I love Good. your guys' stories Good. of, you know, south of France, of Italy, yeah. and even from from my dad's point of, of view, course. all that. I've really actually grown to be much more fascinated with it because yeah. fun enough, growing up in an American school, I kind of created this almost illusion that I that I was American yeah, because yeah. I grew up listening to American music, all the films I grew up on, yeah. all my friends were American, all well, the stuff BG, I related your sister, to. I think it was a bit the same for her. Yeah, to, but well, everything I could relate <clears throat> to. Um, mm. Still now, when my American friends come to visit. Must be cool. I'm at home. Yeah. Um, when my wife is with all of her English friends from from the, from the nineties and the eighties, I don't know anything they're talking about. I don't really get their no. references, or if I do, I don't really find them as cool as they do. I don't yeah. really like that because I had a yeah. different yeah. opinion on on that sort yeah. of world. My my heroes were all. But American. darling, you had a much broader. Um, you know the great thing about. I don't know if it was a, much broader. It was darling, honestly. Well, Tassis yeah. was you. You met so many different nationalities. Mm. Mrs. Fleming, her whole idea was to get children from all parts of the world together and be educated in beautiful surroundings. And, you know, you met a lot of very interesting people who, if you go anywhere in the world now, you could phone up and say, hi, it's me. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think sort of multicultural schools are the way forward. You learn to become a lot more patient. You learn that your first opinion of somebody is usually not very accurate. You really learn that with when culture is mm-hmm. of an issue. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with yeah. race. It's, yes, like, it's yes, culture. Yes, yes. Culture does yes, yes. make oh, you, you different. Oh, you behave like that because... Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I remember, I mean, still to this day, if I get off the phone call with my dad, I'll hang up and, and people will go, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, why? They're like, did you get in a fight with your dad? I'm like, no, we were talking about football. Like, that's just how we speak. But, you know, I'll have that prejudice over other cultures where I'll yeah. be like, oh, they're so loud or oh, yeah, they're so yeah, rude. Yeah. Or, yeah. But you just don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. Um, so that's something I I learned going to a school of yeah, different yeah. cultures. You realize that, oh, what you consider to be maybe not right is not what other cultures consider of to be course, not right. Of and, course. and you become also, you also learn to stand. You start, you sort of start making your own values and sticking to them. And you're like, actually, I don't think that's right. I don't think the way you just spoke to that person is right. I'm not sure how you do it in your culture. But I find that quite disturbing. And you become a little bit more confident and I think a bit more eloquent in explaining why rather than just going, oh, you know, I'm dif- you're different. I don't like that. You sort of say, listen, I don't think that's right because you, you also get the capability of explaining to people from different cultures what you disagree with. But anyway, I found since moving out here that served me very well because a lot of people, I've met a lot, not a lot, I've met like one or two other Italians that work out here and they've completely isolated themselves from it. They don't want anything to do with it. I have found it so much which more is interesting. Such a shame. Which is a big shame. Um, but also, they're not very easily. Ex- I'm very lucky because I, I'm accepted very much more into the community, or not accepted, but welcomed into the community because I have an English wife. My children sound like they're in Mary Poppins, so they're English as well. And we happen to sort of have a little bit of success here. So there's a bit more of an open mindedness to yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah. had I moved out here, you know, with something a bit more, with a bit more straightforward sort of lifestyle. No, but the fact that, you know, turn on the radio or turn on TV, they might see, oh, it's that Italian guy from the village. <laughs> and suddenly they're more interested. So where in Italy are you from? You know, so, so stuff like that. And that's definitely helped. Well, that's not the reason why people are nice to me, but no, it's definitely... No, the English love um, Italy. They think they're frightfully sort of, you know, chic to like Italy. And I don't know. I think that oh, yeah, was, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. was your... Tuscany, gener- Tuscany. Yeah, and all I think that that's changed generationally, rightfully Italian so. Italian food. Yes, food is, food is what makes everybody love Italy. Yeah. But, um, 
But I think that generation is, we don't, your generation, I think, used to look at Italy with a much more romantic idea than Maybe. my generation does. Maybe. Italy of the last 20 years has changed, has, has changed yeah. because yeah. of a particular person in power. Yeah. It culturally took a huge, there was a bit of a vac, there was a bit of a change, a bit of a, an empty, a bit of a flatline um, when it comes to the romantic, stylish, ideal Italy. I think it's coming back, but let's not no, talk about no. that. No, what's that wonderful thing that Beatrice said to me this morning? Enough about me. What do you think let's about me? Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a classic. <laughs> We've I all love used that. it. We call that the three AM. That's a fabulous. I don't know who invented that, but it was the most. It's the most brilliant saying ever. And on that note, goodbye. On that note, goodbye. <laughs> Same time next week. So there we have it, Jack and Ingrid on the first ever Parental Guidance podcast. Uh, this is the first in a series of podcasts, many more to come. On whatever platform you're listening to this now, definitely give us a follow or a subscribe and we'll see you very soon.